this subject, prayer is essential for revival. I want to do something, hopefully, that would help us toward our revival meeting. Uh, revival meetings are so different today than they were when I was a young preacher. You could have a revival meeting and announce it, but people would just come. It wasn't anything. You, it's hard for you to believe this if you're in the if you're much younger than I am. But if you announce a revival meeting, let people know that a third of your congregation would be unsaved people. I, I'm not exaggerating. Uh, and that's why people got saved. I don't really understand that altogether, but I do want to say this. God hasn't changed. He's the same. His word is the same. God can give revival. God can revive our hearts. Consequently, when that happens, people get saved. Know Jesus Christ as their Savior. We're in Matthew chapter 6, and beginning with verse 5, the Lord Jesus talking to us. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to stand, to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. And verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which seeth in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. Shall we bow in prayer, our heads bowed as we look to our Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the inerrant word that we've read from tonight, that this word that we had before us is forever settled in heaven. It's not our word, not our church's word. Indeed, it's the word of the living God. And then we thank you for that. Speak to our hearts through it and by it tonight. And Lord, I would pray again that the Spirit of the Lord God would be upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach. I pray in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. The child of God, all of us who are saved, and I suppose people here tonight are saved, this is a saved crowd, I'm sure. All of us are promised victory as a child of God. And that's a blessing in this world that we're in today. It's a blessing to know that we're on the winning side. Uh, victory's ours. First John chapter 5, verse 4. And whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Listen to it now. Even our faith. See, you could have victory in your life. I could have victory in my life. And it doesn't come from the platform of public arena. Victory comes and continues and ends in the closet. Preach, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the prayer closet. And that's what I'm going to talk to you tonight. Our text teaches this. Who would question the sinfulness of those that are mentioned in Romans chapter 1? And I don't, I'm not going to ask you to turn to that, but here's the sinfulness of today. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, Malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things without natural affection, truce breakers, incontinent, fierce, and the list goes on. That's a terrible list of sins. And uh, those of us that are saved, we say, well, that's not, that's not me. Well, that's such worse, some of you. huh? Amen. That's what the Bible says. But I want to suggest tonight that the Word of God tells us that prayer teaches us that prayerlessness is, 
is sin. Not only is it a sin to commit the acts of the flesh that's addressed in Romans chapter and chapter one, it's also a sin not to do spiritual acts. Yes, the Bible says, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Amen. But what about this? Thou shalt, thou shalt, thou shalt. And I want to suggest again that prayerlessness is sin. It may be one of the largest sins, one of the most besetting sins of the Christian faith today. I do not know. I could not back that up, of course. But the Bible does say in James chapter 4, verse 17, Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. If I were to ask tonight, is it good to pray? Oh, yes. Is it good to go to church? Oh, yes. Him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him that is, it is sin. And it's a sin not to pray. Those of us who know the Savior, we could talk to him. Prayer from the prayer closet becomes, listen to it now, a dialogue. It's a dialogue with God and not just a monologue to God. A monologue, you're talking to someone. A dialogue, they're talking back to you. Well, preacher, God doesn't talk to me when I pray. Oh, yes, he does. Here's what he says right here. And if anybody ever tells you that God tells them to do anything that's not in this book, then it's mark it down. That didn't come from God. No, no. We, we have an opportunity now to approach the Lord and have a dialogue with Him as He talks to us through His Word, as we speak to Him through prayer. And as we're more familiar with the Word of God, it opens up our prayer life. We can pray scriptural prayers. I heard a man pray one time and and he prayed this prayer in a public meeting I was in. And he closed the prayer something like this. One of the laymans, he just didn't know better. And he said, Lord, save us all in the end. Well, honey, if you're not saved before the end, you ain't going to get saved. Excuse the English and all that business, but that's right theology anyway. Amen. Well, prayer is essential for revival. Number one, who should pray? We address the practical things first. Who should pray? I want to suggest it is those who have a heavenly father to talk to. They could pray. We don't want to take that for granted. But thou, when thou prayest, enter in thy closet and shut the door and pray to thy father. Again, verse 6, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. As a Pharisee of the Pharisees, Saul of Tarsus said many long prayers. Before he saved, he said many long prayers. But in the early verses of the book of Acts, the apostle Paul saw the Saul of Tarsus converted something experienced something. It's his conversion. And after his salvation, we read this. There was, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, he said, behold, Lord, here am I. And the Lord said to him, rise and go into the street that is called straight and inquire the house of justice for one called Saul of Tarsus. Listen to this now. For behold, he prayeth. Now, that's something unusual for this man that has said many long prayers before. Yeah, he said prayers, but he didn't have a heavenly father to talk to. But now after his conversion, the testimony is, behold, he prayeth. And it's only after that experience that, he, that you could say, behold, he prayeth. He was, he was saying prayers before salvation. Now he's praying. There's a vast difference. And the difference in saying a prayer and praying there's a vast difference that prayer is built on relationship, not on ritual. I hear people that supposedly lead in prayer and it's, it's a ritual. Uh, I'm talking about, I don't, not in a meeting with them, but like I say, let's like 
like on television. Uh, this uh, man that dresses like mother and they dress him as father and he says some kind of rigmarole stuff and crosses and all that business. Are, are you criticizing the, the uh, Roman Catholic? No, I'm talking about a person that doesn't know that doesn't know the difference between ritual and relationship. If you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, he's your father and you have communion with him. It's built on relationship, not ritual. Aren't you glad you can sing what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have light in my soul for which long I've sought since Jesus came into my heart. Think about it. Who is it? Is the uh, unsaved person pray to? Who can they talk to? Well, they could, they could pray just like anybody else. If they're unsaved, you know, they don't have a father to talk to. Hmm? I'll be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Romans, John chapter 8, verse 24, 44 says, Ye are of your father, Jesus said the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. If a person's not saved, they can't pray to their father because their father is the devil. The devil's very limited, but God, thank God, is all-powerful. Again, what an endearing word, thy father. Think about it, thy father. Verse 6, God is your heavenly father. Jesus instructs those of us who are praying to address God as our father. Again, this is a this is an, even a new relationship of those who walked with God in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the relationship, it's not found. The word father is never used to describe man's relationship with God in the Old Testament. That's the new covenant. And Jesus opened up that new and living way. And now we can say our father because Jesus Christ saved us through his blood. And thank God for that relationship. Thank God for that fellowship that we have with him. And Jesus opened up this new relationship between man and God and the believers. We have a heavenly father and Jesus taught us to say it in, in the following verses of our text. The model of prayer, our father, our father, which art in heaven. And I'll be a father unto you. Prayer is essential for revival. Who should pray? Those who have a heavenly father. Aren't you glad you have a heavenly father? He's a very present help in time of need. And the longer I live, the more I realize I need him all the time. You need him all the time? He's there all the time. Amen. You can talk to your father. You can talk to your heavenly father. Who should pray? Those who have heavenly father. Why should we pray? Well, it's commanded by the Lord Jesus for one thing. If he is the one that saved you, to disobey God's command would be sin. And we need to confess that and forsake that. That doesn't hurt our relationship with him. He's our father and he's our savior, but it hurts our fellowship with him if we disobey him and to disobey him is sin. He spake a parable to them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Luke chapter 18 verse 1. And we're fainting spiritually if we're not practicing this verse and just praying. And Jesus is our pattern for that. I'm glad that he's our pattern. I talked to a man one time for over an hour, I'm sure. And he was all caught up in this thing of, 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 of speaking in tongues and having, I guess, having the second blessing. Of course, I've had the third, the fourth, the fifth, sixth, seventh, right on down the line. But nonetheless, he, uh, he, he wanted something that wasn't possible for him. Follow Jesus' example in your prayer life. Follow his example in the prayer life. And uh, when we do that, 
we're going to spend time in prayer. And it came to pass, Luke chapter 6, verse 12 and 13, that it came to pass in those days he went on a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. You know, if we read the Bible, especially the life and the ministry of Christ, it'll convict us. It'll convict us to do more of what we should do for the Lord. You think about the Lord Jesus Christ. Coexistent and co-eternal with the Father. All things were made by Him. There wasn't anything made that wasn't made by Him. And yet He continued all night in prayer to God. Why didn't He do that? Well, among other things, I think He left us an example that we should follow His steps. Have you ever been in an all-night prayer meeting? I have. I uh, remember the first bus we bought at Bethany Baptist Church in St. Albans. We got the bus from Brother Tom Wallace. That's 90 years old, still preaching. He's not at that church now. But we got there in about the middle of the night, had some problems, got there about the middle of the night, and there's a bunch of cars at the church in the middle of the night, two or three in the morning, and a great church. I said, fellas, there are people here. The cars, cars, the lights are on in the church building. We went in and gathered around the altar. It was 20 men or so just praying, just praying, just praying. And I would see the reports of meetings and schedules and all that business that Brother Tom Wallace had back in those days. And I didn't wonder any longer how, why God was blessing his ministry. The hand of God was on us because people were praying. The church was praying. They were gathered together in the prayer. And when, was, and when it was day, he called unto him his disciples. And of them, he chose 12 whom he would name apostles. So before Jesus from the disciples appointed these to be apostles, he spent a night in prayer. Entire night in prayer. Did he have to do that to get the right apostle? I don't think so. I think he had to do that to leave us an example. If you're going to do anything, make the right decision. You better pray about it. I want to submit to you tonight, after 45 years of pastoring, uh, Will, I would have, I would have made less mistakes. I would have avoided some pitfalls if I'd have prayed more about the thing, really, I'm just being honest about it. I'd just talk to God about it. Well, if Jesus did that, that's what we ought to do. Why not follow him? Why not follow him in prayer? He, he's given us assurance of answered prayer. He said in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 7 and 8, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And he that knocketh it shall be opened. Prayer is not... Only a command of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a command of Scripture. And what Jesus said, of course, is in his earthly ministry, the three years of public ministry, it's in harmony with the whole book. And so Jesus taught that we ought to pray, and the Scripture teaches we ought to pray. In fact, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Again, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly. I like that word boldly. You know what that means? All spokenness. Isn't it great? You could talk to the Lord about anything. You could talk to the Lord about things you wouldn't talk to anybody else about. You could talk to the Lord about things you wouldn't talk to your wife or your husband about. Let us come boldly with all spokenness under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. A lot of times we need mercy and grace to help in time of need. Well, to disobey Jesus' commands, the command of Scripture in regard to prayer is sin. Because prayer is essential for revival. 
What if we knew that if we prayed and a great number of us would pray and spend time in prayer and be earnest in prayer that we could have a revival that would stir us, stir our church and stir our community. How much would we pray? Well, I want to tell you, I believe we have the authority of that from the scripture. I don't think that's, a, that's a, just a wishful thought. We, we, need to, we need to pray. Why should we pray? Because the Lord commanded. Who should, we, who should pray? Those who have a heavenly Father. And when should we pray? Number three, when should we pray? Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you shall receive them, and you shall have them. When you pray, Pray all the time. First, second, first Thessalonians 5, 17 said this. Pray without ceasing. <laughs> that is some verse. To pray without ceasing. What does that mean? Every once in a while? Every other day? Twice a day? It says to pray without ceasing. You know, sometimes a, a, a command of Scripture almost seems impossible. But when you think about praying without ceasing, that, that really does. Now, look, it doesn't mean that we're on our knees all the time, but it does mean we're in constant fellowship with he who saved us with our heavenly father. In fact, the psalmist identifies it this way. Psalm chapter 55, verse 17. Evening, morning, and noon will I pray. I love these last four words. He shall hear my voice. Hey, sometimes that's enough, Jennifer, that he says he would hear your voice. God says, I hear your voice. This little pusmillennial preacher down here, he's going to hear my voice. He's the God of the universe. He's the God in it. And who said, who said it, it was so. Who said it, it was so. He's going to hear my voice. That's what it says. The prerequisite to that is to pray. It's to continue to pray. To pray without ceasing. Evening, morning, and noon. Why wouldn't we call upon him regularly? Listen, he's promised to answer prayer. Luke chapter, John chapter 16, verse 24. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. It's always too soon to quit praying. I know we have prayer requests. I have many that we've been praying for for years. We can think of unsaved people that we've been praying for for years. Hey, it's too soon to quit praying. I love the hymn, Just Keep On Praying Till Light Breaks Through. Now, don't get nervous. I'm not going to sing. But just keep on praying till light breaks through. The Lord will answer. He'll answer you. God keeps His promise. His Word is true. Just, just keep on praying till light breaks through. I'm glad that we didn't stop praying for my wife's uncle that helped raise her along with her grandmother. She never lived with her mother. But, but at Whitesville, West Virginia... And we prayed for him for like 28 years. Tried to witness, for him time, witness to him time, uh, time and time again. But Tom, didn't, he never went to church. Didn't have time for that. Didn't fool with it at all. I don't remember him going to church service. And then one day we got the call. We lived at Sistonville Drive at the time. Hey, Uncle Tommy went to church. Uncle Tommy and Aunt Beulah got saved. Man, what a great blessing. You know, I'm glad, Brother Jim, we didn't quit praying. He said, what part did I have in, in his salvation? I don't know. But people prayed for him. Don't give up. Prayer. Who should pray? Those who have the Heavenly Father. Why should we pray? Commanded by Jesus. Commanded by Scripture. When should we pray? All the time. Where should we pray? Well, obviously, you pray in a public place like, like this. And in our text, read it on down, Jesus taught us in the that's not the 
it is the model prayer, uh, not the Lord's prayer. And in our text, Jesus is not condemning those who are praying in public. They were praying to make an impression on men and not on God. And they did what they did to be seen of men and not heard of God. And alas, they were seen of men and not heard of God. But we pray to our Heavenly Father. There's on different occasions Jesus, of course, prayed in public. We pray from the cross. Huh? He prayed, not, not my will, but thine be done. If he prayed from the cross, Father, forgive them. But a private place, again, back to verse 6. Uh, a private place, the closet. The closet. In many Jewish homes, there would be a place where they would have private time or private, we would call it devotion, I guess. But in a pious Jewish home, they offered their prayers to God. And this was a special place that they had, just a special place they went. Uh, the prayer closet, all right? You know, there ought to be a place. And it may not be a literal closet, of course, or even a little, literal specific room, but there ought to be a place daily in our lives where we're alone with God. Sometimes we need to turn off the television set and talk to God. Sometimes we ought to just shut the door, be in a private place. You know, the desire to pray and to love to talk to our Heavenly Father, I think will create such a place. We'll search out a place like that. And the Lord's our pattern for that. He certainly is. A itinerant preacher, it's not always easy for and convenient for him to find that solitary place. Well, what was his answer? Jesus was busy in public ministry for over three years, about three and a half years. And what, how was he going to, where would he find time in, in that ministry of training the disciples of uh, having the nucleus, the embryo of the church? I'll build my church. Where was Jesus going to have time to do what he's teaching us to do, to have time to pray? What was the answer? Well, he arose a great while before day. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he found a solitary place and there prayed. That's hard to believe that the Son of God would see the necessity and the urgency before the day of ministry to get up early and find a solitary place in their prayer. Hey, let's follow his steps, huh? Let's follow his steps and find that place. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17, those that seek me early shall find me. Yeah, you'll find him in the prayer closet. Just being alone with God. It's sad to say that people don't know the some people don't know the sun comes up gradually. Well, just try getting up early, maybe before the sun gets up and get into the busy things. And victory continues, I think, in the prayer closet and with Christ in the prayer closet. Luke chapter 5, verse 15. But so much the more went there the fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and uh, to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. With all of this going on and all the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. We need some wilderness praying in our lives. We really do. Just to get alone with God and make the place to withdraw even from others. To do nothing but talk to God our Heavenly Father. Mark chapter, Matthew chapter 14 verse 23 and when the, he had sent the multitudes away, he went up in the mountain apart to pray. And when evening was come, he was there alone. You're not doing much praying. I'm not doing much praying. I'm not just pointing to you. I got three fingers pointing back at me. We're not doing much praying. If all the praying we do is in public, 
If all the praying we do is grace at the meal. Hey, let's get along with God and talk to God in relation to our fellowship with Him and our obedience to Him. The secret of prayer is praying in secret. Jesus was there alone. Make time for that solitary place. And you'll find, if you follow the pattern of the Lord Jesus Christ, a public place, a private place, Prayer is essential for revival. What should believers pray? Number, number five, what should believers pray? Well, it's in the model prayer, the 9 through 13. We'll not read that. But aren't you glad for sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my Father's throne, make all my wants and wishes known. We're going to be accountable at the judgment seat of Jesus Christ, partly for our prayer life. I don't think the Lord necessarily, I don't know, they have an inventory. You check this one, check that one, check. But I know, prayer affects every part of our lives as believers. It is our fellowship with God. It is our dialogue with God. We're going to be accountable to Him. And our works will be revealed or tested, purified by fire of the, at the judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ as to what sort they are, the Bible says, not what size they are. We think, oh, that man's great. Look what he did. Well, again, it may be that it may be great before God, but we many times judge it by its size. Let's judge it by what sort it is because that's the way the Lord's going to do it. With passion, you should be able to say from your prayer closet, there's no other place like this place. This must be the place. And if you get along with God very long, you'll come to that and we'll come to that. There's no other place like this place. Anywhere near this place, this must be the place. This is a place of prayer. No one ministry, ministry is greater than its prayer life. Someone said this, when all else fails, try prayer. Why wait till then, huh? Man said, uh, we've got to really pray about this. And someone replied, oh, has it come to that? Yeah, it's come to that. I mean, all the time it's that, just praying, because prayer changes things. It changes the person doing the praying. It changes the us into having this constant dialogue with the Lord through, uh, through prayer. I have on the bottom of the sheet there, September the 20th, your, the handout you have. I have on the, on, the bottom of that, on the bottom of that sheet the date, September the 20th today. And it just simply says, I will pray for my revival and our church revival. And I just put a number. I started with five minutes a day. And I thought, well, we can pray longer than that. I said, 10 minutes a day for the next 15 days. 15 days from now is the last day of our revival service. And uh, I'm going to ask everybody that will. And I'm not asking you to do something I'm not going to do. I'm going to ask you to take that handout sheet home with you. Look at that little square box there in front of, I will pray for my revival and our church revival 10 minutes a day for the next 15 days. I'd like for you to look at that 
and pray about it and think about it. And if you will, it's just yours now. You're not signing anything. Nobody's going to see it. I'm not going to take them up. Just check that little box there. Just to remind yourself when you look at your Bible during the day and have devotions that I, I'm going to pray 10 minutes today for my revival and our church revival. Now, if you time yourself in prayer, you'll be surprised many times after you feel that you've talked to the Lord a long time. And if you looked at your watch, you've been talking three or four minutes. I mean, I'm talking about my experience, all right? Not just, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking about my experience. But uh, how do you pray 10 minutes a day for my revival and our church revival? Well, let me suggest it. Pray for, pray for your pastor. We, our pastor will be in a pulpit Sunday, right? The Lord willing. I really believe this. I think, he's, I think he'll be standing here Sunday preaching because of answer to prayer. Because he was on the ECMO machine at Morgantown, as most of you all know. There were three preachers there, three, on the ECMO machines. At the same time, two of them went to their eternal home. Not to say they didn't have churches praying for them. But the Lord saw fit to bring our pastor back home. Not to his eternal home, to bring back home here. And I want to tell you something. You'd never convince me that that was not an answer to prayer. That was an answer to prayer. At the same time, I had the heart episode and all that business. And I was given CPR for 10 minutes. Uh, Lynn, I'm glad it didn't stop on eight minutes. I'd be out of here. It wouldn't be all bad for sure. But I want to tell you something. In that 10 minutes you're praying for a church revival and my revival, pray for your pastor. That's part of it. Pray for your pastor. Then pray for our assistant, our, our young assistant pastor, Treadway. And then pray for our old assistant pastor, Pastor Hostclaw. I had to put that in there. Well, he, you're old compared to Treadway. Treadway's just a young kid, you know, but anyway. And uh, then you can pray for your deacons. Pray for your deacons. Pray for your Sunday school class. Pray for the teachers of your Sunday school class. In fact, Here's a prayer list right here. Huh? You take that bulletin on any given Sunday, you've got 10 minutes of prayer right there. I mean, just even on the first page, who's preaching and all that, pray for them. Uh, pray for the revival that's in there. Pray for the Treadway families in there. Pray for Upward Basketball. I'm just reading the bulletin. And pray for the club meetings on, uh, on Wednesday night. And uh, pray, pray about our attendance. We want to reach more people. There was a time before COVID when we're running more than that in attendance. I thank God for new folk in our church. But let's, uh, let's pray that we reach more. Every page, country roads, and, and on it goes. And, and you, could, uh, you could take that bulletin as you think about praying for yourself and praying for revival. I guarantee you 10 minutes to go by like that. And just do the same thing the next day. And maybe expand that. Maybe you're praying longer than that. God help us. I pray, I'm trusting you'll take that little sheet home with you and check that. I will pray for my, this is a personal thing. You stick that in your Bible. That's between, between you and God. I'm, I'm not asking you to make a commitment even publicly about it. I'm just asking you to check that and say, I'm going to do that. You know, our church is worthy of that. Our Savior is worthy of that. Your Christian life and your testimony and mine is worthy of that, that we spend time in prayer. Take time to be holy. Speak off with thy Lord. You're not going to be very holy unless you speak pretty often with the Lord. That's for sure. So let's, again, prayer is essential for revival. Let's bow in prayer. Our heads bowed as we look to the Lord in prayer. And 
And uh, I'll just have prayer and then Pastor Tim will come with our prayer request. Our Father, I pray tonight that you would bless our revival meeting that begins just uh, on October 1, Sunday week through Wednesday. I pray, Lord, that it would be a great moving of the Spirit of God. Lord, do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. I, I pray that we would realize that what happened in our revival meeting was a God thing, that we didn't do it, that Scott Paul didn't bring it with him, that God came on the scene and did something very, very special in our hearts and lives and in our midst. And I pray that the power of God would be upon this meeting, that indeed, Lord, we could have revival. Lord, may I have revival in my own heart, in our church, in our community, for the glory of God that will result ultimately in the end gathering of souls. And we'll praise you. We ask it in our Savior's name and for his sake. Amen. Amen.